Disclaimer, the host of this podcast, Timothy Patrick and Will Foley, are by no means medical professionals. However, having lived experience with mental illness themselves, they have gained useful perspectives on common mental health issues that some of us struggle to overcome on a daily basis. By sharing their stories, they hope to create connection. By creating connection, they hope to help you find your purpose. And through purpose, we can all begin to build the foundation for positive mental health. This is Above Ground Podcast. Are you ready to lace up your boots, throw up your horns, and jump into the pit? Then let's stomp the stigmas of mental illness. It's time for Above Ground Podcast. Now, Will Foley and Timothy Patrick. What is up, friends? Welcome to Above Ground Podcast. Above Ground Podcast, because you can't serve below... The cast has landed on iHeartRadio.com. So if you're checking us out for the first time, you can check us out on iHeartRadio now. It's awesome. I was stoked to see that. Especially for all you people who haven't checked us out yet and you're looking for something new to listen to, want to listen to some positive, uplifting talk about mental health, well, then you're in the right place. Set your earbuds up and let it roll. And uh, also, if you're uh, on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to star, scribe, and share the podcast. Leave us a review. Um, We read them on the show whenever we get a new one. So we will be more than happy to read your review and your name. And, you know, it'd be nice. Thanks. That's all I want for Christmas is for you to leave a review. It'd be awesome. You're helping helping some brothers out here. Also, don't forget, we're getting ready to unleash our first T-shirts through Close Knit Company. That's right, CloseKnitCompany.com. Dan and Natalie are screen printing in Naples, Florida, and they got some really cool designs. They got a happy fucking New Year T-shirt that they just released this week that I saw on their site. So don't forget to go to CloseKnitCo.com, C-L-O-S-E-K-N-I-T-C-O.com. Our shirts will be hitting their their store pretty soon. We're finalizing the designs right now, and we're going to have a couple to start with, and then uh, we'll see how it goes, man. But that's how you're going to be able to support the show. You'll be able to support the show by buying a T-shirt, and showing your love for Above Ground Podcast. I love t-shirts, so t-shirts are awesome. Can't wait. This week, our good friend and disclaimer voice, Jordan, is back to talk about Rock Bottom! What is up, everyone? Welcome back. Welcome to Above Ground Podcast. Above Ground Podcast, because you can't serve below. You know who that is. Are you down with JPP? Cool. You know me. Cool, cool. (laughs) Hi, Will. What's up, Timmy? How we doing this week, buddy? Um... I'm doing a lot better than I was last week. I'll say uh, that. All right. Good for you, man. Good for you. Thank you, sir. Excellent. Excellent. So tonight we got a special guest with us. Jordan is back. Hey, folks. Welcome back. <laughs> it's Welcome back, Jordan. 
It's good to see the two of you in person as opposed to through a screen. That was a that was a process, wasn't it? Interviewing people through uh, Zoom. Yeah. It's still going on. <laughs> is this, is this oh, yeah, ongoing process? We, yeah, that's how we do all of them because it's just easier than getting in okay. a room together. Yeah, well, this is uh, far from easy, but I still enjoy it. You may recognize <laughs> his voice from being our disclaimer. That's me. That's right. Jordan. Jordan's a good dude, man. Jordan the disclaimer boy. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I just figured I had to warn you folks. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you got to warn them because they're going to run away now. <laughs> Screaming. <laughs> no! No! <laughs> um, tonight, uh, we're going to be talking about rock bottom. That's right. Rock bottom. How would you define it? How would you describe it? Um, what's the lowest of the low? What's the lowest of the low? Is there a bottom? Or does the bottom just get further down every time you reach that spot? I mean, if you're asking me, it's a state of mind. You know, it's it's where you find yourself in in between your ears. It's like it's up here. Uh, rock bottom can be, you know, a, a place that you fear in life. It can also be a state of mind that you fear. You don't some place you don't want to be, right? Sure. Is it a state of mind though, or is it? I, I said, well, I guess I guess everything's a state of mind. It's like that defeated state of mind. Like I, I, I'm defeated. This is rock bottom. That's the way I look at it. See, I look at rock bottom as that bottom that you just don't want to do anything, and then you may have the ideations, and you may yeah. have the like. That's rock. But looking at, I guess, looking at it, if if you're not in the rock bottom. I guess looking at it from afar, I could understand where Jordan's perspective is, though. Oh yeah, no, I'm not. I'm no, not. No, 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 no. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. I, 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 I just, I just was just giving my two cents. Yeah, and he, <laughs> and well, he's right though. No, it's a state of mind, yeah. I guess, because because his state of mind, because like like your rock bottom is going to be different than Timmy's than mine is. Right. So now the question is, do you recognize rock bottom? Not when you're in it. I don't think so. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm speaking for myself. But when I was, I mean, this is getting personal. I was at a low point uh, in, in, in my life and I've come up from then. And sometimes I go right back down. It's on a day to day basis. But at my lowest point, I don't think I know that I'm there until afterwards. I can look back and be like, oh, I was pretty low. I was pretty dark in the darkness. It's hard to tell where you're at. Sure. Right. Because it, it, like yeah. it is for me, no. too. Yeah. I mean, I you know you're there, though. I think at least I think. I think it's that, you know, those hard candies, that, and they have like the the gel in the center. Yeah. I think the the, the gel in the center is kind of like the rock bottom. Like you put the candy in your mouth, you know that like, you get to that point where you know rock bottom is somewhere around in here, and then all of a sudden whew, it just explodes. You're just waiting for it to hit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so is that do you do we set ourselves up? to experience it worse because we're waiting for it you think i mean anticipating well, suffering is suffering in itself isn't it yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. that's why i was yeah it is. curious as to i don't i don't think so i just i think because you i was going off a little bit by what you said do we know or do you know like when you're about to hit rock bottom or, or where rock bottom it is i guess so for me, I think it's like a series of events or things um, that occur. Like, it's not just like a, you know, you wake up and you're just, you know, 
depressed or disappointed in something and and then you like get up and you're you're you know your coffee spills and you're out of peanut butter and you're like all right that's it i'm you know it could be for some people but i'm just saying for me it's like you know it's like a uh secession of those things you it, know it can be you know i've noticed in my life where it's like a thousand small things happen and it sets me sets me in a downward spiral yes. where i am at rock bottom yes for for a couple of days for a couple of weeks and um you don't know how you got there and you start looking into the situation like well a thousand of these little things happened or maybe one big thing happened and the smallest little thing after that set you off put you into that right that you know dark place that rock bottom uh which i think kind of puts more emphasis on um you know being mindful of of the state you're in, being mindful of your mental mm-hmm. health and, and, you know, saying, geez, you know, if there's 15 things, they were, they were small. I'm going to put them aside and I'm going to just push through and I'm going to be okay. Like, you know what? Maybe you should sit and go, let me think about some of these things. Mm-hmm. Let me, you know, talk it out, call struggle buddy, work on it, whatever it, it needs to do, you know, massage it a bit. And then, um, you know, you might, you, you might not, you, you might be able to, to withstand another, you know, three to five more hmm. things. Yeah, you may build up a tolerance to it to where every time you you can withstand maybe one more storm. Mm-hmm. But I think I to add on to your piggyback onto that is that maybe you do need to have an archaeological dig into that because that's when you start to like you got to ask yourself a, like some different questions. Like, and it's not just about why do I feel like this? It's like, like, what is really going on? Mm. Because remember how we we had talked about secondary emotions at one point where it's not just the surface emotion. It's the, it's the stepping down. It's the stepping down into the hole and saying, okay, well, I may be angry, but am I really angry or am I, or am I expressing my anger because I'm sad because X, Y, and Z didn't happen, yeah. or and then what happens? To that sadness is you may even step down even lower and be like, "Well, that sadness is sadness is sadness that I experienced twenty years ago that I never acknowledged." Still and waiting just, inside of you, yeah, just re- waiting to come out because it's been in that dark place the whole time, right? It's like yeah. it, it is, and it's right. and I know for my digging, own personal by digging you loosened up the 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 rocks and stuff around it, and it you know kind of you were like, "Ah, oh, what's this?" And then once you pick up that. You know, last rock and boom, it hits you. <laughs> well, it's just like my just like my wall in my backyard. Yeah. That day we were trying to take it down, like yeah. all the dirt just kind of step kept coming down, kept yep. coming down. Yep. And uh, and it's it becomes like uh, it's almost like a landslide. It can be if you if you put your footing if you put your feet in the wrong spot, man. You can You're, go from solid ground to yeah, right down. I, I like that. Well, term. I think the point is like when you find yourself in a more comfortable emotional state later on down the road, maybe that's a good time to start digging deeper because with that newfound knowledge, with that you know clear frame of mind, maybe you can make better sense of those dark places rather than thinking about where you are in in that moment. Like when. It, let, let, let's be honest. We've all had rock bottoms, right? We've Absolutely. all had our very lowest moment, right? In those low moments, can you actually tell what's going on? Or no. Or are you just waiting for it to pass? No. you're, you're wait- right? I think you're waiting out the storm. You have to. And yeah. I don't think that you can actually look at it with... I don't think while you're in the throes of it, you can actually... Because st- you can... If you start to see yourself slip into that hole, I think you can stop yourself. 
But I think once you've stepped off the cliff, I think it's very hard to get out of the hole without recognizing and just maybe taking shelter mm. a little bit and saying, okay, well, I'm in a bad spot. Yep. And I know that this could last, you know, it could last a little while. So that's why I think that that whole uh, uh, threshold thing there, what, did you say threat or. Uh... What's the word you use? Baseline? No. Landslide. Like, the, no, oh. no, no. Like uh like when you get used to it. Like oh, you, you just take... be get you get um yeah, you just get used to it. It just becomes normal. You normalize it. I can't think but, of the word anyways. But anyways, like i think that the scary part is once you get you know, if you get used to it and you're like, ah, I can I can kind of build up a threshold to more kind of thing. Tolerance. Tolerance yes. to it. But that tolerance can also be a, a, a step onto that landslide. That's that. To well, me it couldn't. The... It can work both ways, because you can. Because it can be an acknowledgement sure, too, sure. out of like to find the staircase out or ladder mm-hmm. or whatever you want to, whatever metaphor you want to use to climb out of the hole. But it can also create the landslide. Yep. Or if you can tolerate more, it'll just be a bigger landslide when it actually happens. You think about that, you're holding back that bigger right. wall, like the Which Hoover is... Dam just lets loose. Right. You yeah, know? yeah. 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 It becomes a landslide. Becomes an avalanche. Right. And you're just rolling down, man. Yeah. You're just getting buried in it. So something I wanted to mention yeah. to you guys is, like, we've all had rock bottoms, our lowest point. We can look back on it in retrospect, and we could see that we survived. Do you have loved ones that are going through rock bottoms, hitting bottoms, and you're witnessing that? What's it like? What's it been like for you two to witness others that you care about hitting bottoms? Their absolute worst. Has that happened? It's to me, it's scary because I think a lot of times you see yourself in that person. So I think for me, it becomes it starts to make me wonder if I'm if I'm projecting or if it's being projected onto me or if it's just something that I haven't acknowledged yet. Sure. Something that Tim made me aware of the other day is like there's there's two ways to approach witnessing a loved one uh falling on hard times do you try to save them from themselves or do you how, how did you put it tim you sent me that meme it was either a rescue or i don't remember or about listening was it maybe it was rescue or su- rescue versus support okay so supporting someone at their rock bottom versus rescuing someone at their rock bottom that that's kind of what I wanted to go on here. Ah, I, I I've had very big conversations at home about rescue versus support. Support because that's a thing and it's been a thing in that's my a, house. Well, that's a scary both ways. It's scary because a lot of people, and in, it, it good. It's I'm not, I'm not using it as a negative way, but we we don't know how to support. You know what I mean? Th- these are topics that. You know, are pushed to the side and never discussed. No one wants to talk about it because they're hard topics. Let's talk, talk about, about it now. Well, we are, yeah, yeah for I'm, sure. But yeah. I'm just saying, like, so, like, you know, you. I'm just saying, go back ten years, and I would, I, I would possibly avoid. You know what I mean? I would know that it's uncomfortable, and I'd be like, that's an uncomfortable place to stand. I'm going to stand over here because it's not as uncomfortable i i will say this for you i've seen a lot of growth in that area yeah i do still see that part of you though and i see it in different ways now and because we also do a lot of other stuff outside of this so i see you in a lot of different avenues but i do see that that can be a hard spot for you sometimes and i think 
And it's hard for me too yeah. because and I may not even recognize it in myself. I I know this for me, I don't want to be saved. Okay? I don't want to be rescued because the only person that can save me is me. Right. And I I I've learned that the hard way that I, nobody can get me out of the shit pile unless it's me that is willing to 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 take some paper and wipe it away, man. It just it doesn't Granted, I, when I need support, I don't necessarily need you to tell me what to do. Anybody to tell right, me what to right. do, and I just need we'll see, somebody to hold space, and that's very right. hard when it comes to loved ones, and especially when you've got right, when exactly you've got worse. other stuff wrapped up with that. I mean, you you're talking about livelihoods, you're talking about right. you know, fam like family stuff. They're, that dynamic right. is that's a, so it's complicated. A, yeah, very and complicated. Then on top of it, yeah. you could have somebody that you know you're dealing with with a loved one or family that. And then the person who's dealing with it is also uh, a helper, is, is, is that person at heart that is like has to to help and, and say, I, I'm going to help this person instead of, you know what I mean? So it's like, and it's not, not that they're a bad person. That's just what they do. Right. So yeah, well, and that and might not be conducive to somebody like you that says, I don't want that kind of help. You know what I mean? I just right. want you to sit and listen, you know, and and you know, talk it out or, or, or you know, sit in silence. And that, that's exactly what I found recently dealing with a very close family member on hard times, literally at rock bottom. And it's tough to witness. So it's my instinct to rescue. Right. And I'm doing more damage in the process because they're the rescuer. They're the one who wants to be rescued. They have that sort of position of call it power in the family dynamic where I'm doing more damage than good in my efforts to save them from, the perceived threat. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I had to come to terms with that, that I am doing nothing to help this person, even though I'm giving it my honest effort. How does that feel for you? Well, at first I was like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm no good. Uh, what I, my best efforts were not good enough to save this person. Like I'm reaching out my hand to save them from falling off that cliff only to watch them fall further. It's like, I, I didn't have what it takes, but Forgiving yourself, like I forgave myself. Like I, I, I I'm not a professional. I don't know. But, you, but either way, I don't. Not that yeah, but, you, but yeah. it's not your responsibility. So it's like you did, probably do have what it That's takes. That's a role I assumed. Right, but here's you the know? thing too, because you just mentioned a, a word, professional. Yeah, dude, professionals yeah. can't save you from yourself. They can give you tools. They can right. provide <laughs> you medicine. But I, but I'm serious. Who are you more willing to listen to? Uh, just a guy like me, or a guy with a title? I'm more willing to listen to somebody who's been there. Okay. Because and that's and maybe I'm a little bit biased because I've not, been there. Not everyone I, thinks like you. Not every, no, I no. know they don't. Yeah. I know they don't. Yeah. And and granted, that's why we have and that's why we have a shortage of professionals. And right. that's why it's hard to get an appointment with anybody now. Right. Right. And I I agree. Not everybody is the same. Right. And again, that comes from my own issues yeah. deep inside of, you know, needing to take care of myself and everybody else around me growing up, man. I was yeah. the adult in the room most of the time. Yeah. When I wasn't, I didn't know how to be an adult. It was like, I'm, you know, trying to be a kid. And you I, know, you know, it's funny. Uh, it actually, you know what? This doesn't really go with this, with what we're talking about. But you had said something in, a, in an episode a while back. Um, it was the uh, Blueprints episode. And you had said something along the lines of when you were telling a story about when your your grandfather had passed away and you were like, like no one like no one cared how I wanted to grieve. Like they just mm -hmm. wanted me to grieve the way they wanted. Yes, exactly. And you that's know? and I think that that happens to people now. 
the way you were describing it, it sounds like a codependent relationship. It's become that. It's become a codependent relationship because, you know, I'm sure that you have this sort of uh, social dynamic within your families, right, where you'll share a hardship with a very close loved one, right? You you both lose something, and in that process, you become closer, but the relationship becomes strained, right? Because you're sure. trying you're trying to save one another, or or like. Or like you said, in the process of losing your grandfather, uh, d- totally don't acknowledge the, the process of grieving, just moving on, right? Right. All right. So, you know, that relationship, it, it's become it's become weird, right? Where uh, we don't we're not sure of our, of our roles or who needs to be saved. Think, or who's saving who? Well, you I know? think that's where communication comes in to, to play and like yeah. really like get down to like I always say, like being clear is being kind. Yes. The, the it's heart. hard to set boundaries though with people in it your is. family because you yeah. because there's that cuz it's such a it's such a frigging gumbo of just you know and depending on what kind of relationship you have with that family member in the first place especially if it's it's it might be different for a spouse but when you're talking about parents you're mm-hmm. talking about brothers and sisters you got there's a lot of things that are wrapped up in all that yeah. in that candy bar man there's and a, again, you you know, just uh, I don't know who said, but like having that title, like who would you rather have that title as professional or not? The same thing, a title as family. It's like you can have that title, but at the same time, if 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 there if something is going on within family and and it's not um, not working well for you, it's 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 hindering your you know ability to grow and heal. Then. Whether they're family or not, that label shouldn't really make a difference. Like, well, it's also I mean? hindering them. Also, well, I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, you, you got because that's the that's the, the, the same, hard part. What is, but at the same time, like I said, you have to be. For me, maybe some people look at it as a negative way, but it's like I am going to pretty much put myself first in those situations and be like, you know what, it's not worth it for me to to stay here and deal with this and get um, bombarded and get you know jabs thrown at me or whatever it's it's going to be i'm just going to go okay see you later you know that's what i was told by a, an older family member i went I, I go to this person for help and for advice because they have this beautiful mind where they can understand um, emotional complexities they're like the einstein of, of emotions right my, my grandma i asked her they like, usually are grandmas yeah, <laughs> she, she's awesome i asked her what do i do about this the situation i'm talking to you guys about she says do you have to hurt yourself to save them She's very simply stated. Do you have to hurt yourself to save them? I'm like, well, yeah, I'm I'm hurting all over because of this. She goes, is it worth it? Well, you're 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 a martyr. You're martyring yourself. You're falling on the sword. I don't know. I mean, is it worth it? Do you want to see this person saved at your expense? I'm not. I'm not a hero. None of us are. But you know, it, it's it's nearly impossible to watch uh, loved ones in their at their rock bottom. When they're dealing with mental illness, when they're dealing yeah, with sure, grief, I, yeah, no, I know exactly. I I, I get what you're saying. Oh yeah, I, I hope you understand. It's, no, it, this I do. Is, yeah, it's, it's I hard. do because it's I, I, no matter who who you are, if you're a helper or if you're, you're someone that doesn't necessarily jump at the the mm-hmm. chance or 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 go. I shouldn't say it, the, to go about um to go about uh, the situation in that way of of with the mindset of helping, you know, whether what it, which, whichever it is, I think it's it's a very tough thing to do is to watch yeah you know um not even related to mental health specifically you mm-hmm. know i think the 
the original question that you asked that started this part of it mm-hmm. was, you know, how would you kind of or deal with a deal with it or whatever? Witnessing with a, a family with, member yeah, in like, their rock bottom. The, as soon as you said that, the the first thing that popped into my head that that still like once in a while like haunts me to this day is when my aunt had called me to, to let me know that my mom had passed mm-hmm. and all I heard in the background was my dad sobbing. And I was just like, that's what you that, heard. Yeah. yeah. Like that sound, it was like the worst sound in the world at that moment. I was like, cause you know, your dad, it's like your dad and he's, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, and, and we're not one to really, our family is not really one to, you know, you know, be emotional and, and talk about things or, you know, show emotions, I guess you could say. Yeah, there's something to be said for that because your lowest moment was overshadowed by your loved one's lowest moment. Like, all you could see was their pain, despite yeah. your own. Oh, it's, dude. It, isn't that insane? Well, it, it's so perfect, perfect example. And I think I've, I, I don't, I, I talk about this quite a bit because people are amazed that I remember like this stuff, but mm. some of this stuff is etched so far on the hard drive that I just, it doesn't matter how much therapy you talk. It just, it doesn't go away. Those feelings. And that, that same thing happened to me when my parents' marriage blew up on Easter day. Mm. And my dad was literally in my bedroom sobbing and packing garbage bags to leave. And I, instead of, instead of like saying it was going to be all right to me, I'm not paying attention. I'm like looking at him Mm. and it's it's like that. How old were you, you? You think? Dude, I was five. Oh yeah, dude. Easter, yeah, absolutely. Like I, dude, I haven't. It, it started with me waking up to chaos and yelling and asking for my Easter basket a couple of times. <laughs> dude, I'm, I kid you not. Dude, it's just like, laughing not, my pain because no, no, that's because no, no, it is. No, no, I'm not yeah, laughing but, at your pain. I'm just I'm yeah, laughing at the irony. You know, it's, it, it is. Yeah. It's pretty ironic, man. Yeah, that, yeah. but it's like you know, and and I've and I've worked on this. I worked on this a little bit in therapy that. I hid behind the, the dining room table. Yeah. I didn't hide behind it. I sat behind it on the floor right. next to the heater. But in hindsight, I was really just hiding and just... Dude, that's a lot for like a, a mature adult to, to take in, not, let alone a, a five-year-old. Oh, uh, it's it like, I mean, yeah. you know, and you don't realize how deep, how deep some of that just resonates yeah. And now coming back to family and not to – so right now, is as it is for the last couple of years and ever since we've started this podcast, my mom is in and out of of psychosis and not. Mm-hmm. And she literally just got out of the hospital about a month and a half ago, and she had her all her stuff stolen mm-hmm. um, because she can't keep anything straight. She doesn't think when she's out. She just, she just doesn't have the faculties. And it's painful to watch. Mm. However, I had to extricate myself from that relationship many years ago mm. because it was so painful. And then even just trying to trying to rebuild that as much as you can, like to hear that, you know, she wanted to kidnap me. Mm. Like she had like literally told me this like two years ago that she was thinking about when my parents are going through their divorce that she wanted to take me. Mm. And I was like, well, I probably wouldn't have went with you. And I said you would have never seen the light of day because I said you were already, you'd already been in hospital. They would have, they would have thrown you in. They would have thrown you in some crazy place. Hmm. 
and I, I don't mean that in a in a bad way, Not but a it's like way, but no, no, but it's it, but again, There's it's like consequence for her behavior, right? right? And it's like you look at it and then and now you have to be the helper again because it seems yeah. like that's the only time I ever get the call is when, you know, we need rescuing. So so let's ask ourselves: Is that the proper response to witnessing a loved one's rock bottom? Is to rescue or support? You know, because it seems like in the past we you wanted to rescue Will, I've wanted to rescue Tim. Did you feel like you know you had a you know, some sort of responsibility to help your father through or just witness and and just take it all in? Hmm, that's a good question. I, I mean, I think it's different for everybody. Yeah. But I, for me, in that question you're asking me, I, you know, I, I, in the, there's, there was a couple other instances and they were all based around my father. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another one that, um, my his whole his whole side of the family there like there's no um conversation no one no one no one talks to anybody there's no contact or anything like right. that right. um somehow my my cousin his brother's uh daughter had emailed me um that my grandmother passed away which was my dad's mother mm-hmm. so no one told him so now it's it's like and and to answer the question is no, I don't want that responsibility. Like I don't want to be that person. But mm. th- there's been a handful of times where it's just been thrown in my lap, and I had to be that person because right. it's like, you know what I mean? Like, what am I going to do? Like, so co- it's it's been put upon you. Yeah, like let my dad see it in the paper that his mom died. Who who put that on you? Yourself? No. You were told to tell it to. Your- well, I mean, I was told. No one told him. Because no, there's no contact. There's no. Yeah. I don't know. Again, I don't know the story behind any yeah. of that shit. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So, yeah. um, so it was just kind of put on me, like, yeah. hey, just wanted to let you know. I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. okay. I guess I'll. I, I guess yeah, I'll be the one to communicate to the family because right. no one is not a, not his own brother. Let let alone yeah, you know, right. Not him. Yeah. He, you know, let you know a grown yeah. man that would you know see, share the mother with him. He couldn't have just sent a card yeah. or something like that. So. I'm so, sure. I'm sure. Now looking at the situation, you could see where so many people went wrong. You know, like, oh man, she should have just reached out herself instead of emailing yeah. me, so I could make, I mean, make that hard phone call. Whatever. It's know? just I. I don't think I really pay too much attention to it. I think it probably has an effect on me just being edgy and critical as I am with yeah. with some shit. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it's like it is what it is. I'm not going to mm-hmm. sit here and, and you know worry about it. But it it, it just. Just to answer the question, it, it was just thrown into my lap, and yeah. I was like, okay, well, you know, in a few situations that I can think of, it was like I, I kind of had to. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah. it was more of like me thinking of my, my dad, you know, thinking of of his yeah. mental state, I guess, you know, emotional state. You considered, uh, you know, his yeah. his needs in the situation. Yes, that yeah. would have been a better sentence, yeah. yes. Yeah. When I uh, back in 2012, uh, my best friend, his name is Doug. He died of a heart attack when he was 25. Right, he was in the military. He was uh, shipped down to Georgia to um, be a part of a new, you know, platoon, whatever. I don't know the lingo. And when he was down there, he's in formation with his new, with his, you know, uh, the other army men, and he dropped dead just on the spot. Had a heart attack. His girlfriend was the only person there with him, as far as family. She, the only number that she had on her phone of his family or friends was me. She called and told me that Doug died. 
well, I know all of Doug's family, so I was the guy to make the rounds. Ouch. Tell his father, tell his mother, tell his brother. Uh, not that I was asked to do it, but I saw it as like a service to the people that that loved Doug. Sure. To provide that information. And even like that was like sort of a rock bottom for me. I didn't see it because I put my pain to the side temporarily to assist the others in at least comforting them. I mean, telling his dad was I, witnessing his reaction. Uh, no, no good. No good. Yeah. It was not good. Well, I think you had said something similar. Like, I think our bodies in that in those situations go into this like adrenaline soaked uh survival mode or something like right. that and you just kind of you know what i mean Where you're not feeling or really reacting to anything it's yeah. just you know you're just doing it kind of going through them right you're focused like yeah tunnel vision tunnel vision yeah. right there and then of course once it's over and like a week has passed and boom you oh, know man. then it can yeah. hit you I, I still cry about it yeah to this day i think about them all the time i'm like wow did they ever find out what happened like he what? he had a heart condition that was undiagnosed, but his first day he wanted to impress. He wanted to perform, so he took diet pills and four energy drinks, and his heart exploded. He just couldn't handle it. Mm-hmm. You know, with, with the stress partnered with the lack of sleep partnered with the the heart condition that wasn't yeah sure you know just perfect recipe for your heart. Just to, that's why I always say you know on a side note, don't drink energy drinks. Whatever you do, don't drink energy. <laughs> There's nothing good in those. You know. Well, it's kind of like what you were saying, though. That's not one thing. It was like multiple things. It just happened to hit at the sure. at the un, at the most imperfect time. Sure. Yeah. That usually seems to be the case. With right. And lot. that and that obviously leads to you know that can lead to obviously the avalanche of yeah of of stuff that happens. When so it was when you were when you were talking, mm-hmm. I was kind of caught by something because. Like, because you were talking about the responsibility that came with mm-hmm. somebody calling you to tell you because you kind of felt that you needed to do that. And 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 rightfully, I, I, I would put myself in that same, if, if, if that would have happened to me, I would do the same thing because, mm-hmm. and you do get kind of tunnel vision. But when does, so, but, and it kind of comes back to Timmy's point though, because you know how you said you, you didn't necessarily want to be the one to tell your dad? Right. When does that become avoidance as opposed to as opposed to fulfilling duty that you may not want, however, it it gets thrust upon you. You know what I mean? Is it I see what you're saying. I, I think sometimes like the the hard jobs are put upon big shoulders. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like she didn't have the wherewithal to communicate that to a handful of people. So she put it on someone who she thought could. Was she wrong? I don't think so. She probably, and to her defense, she probably wasn't even really thinking either. I, could you imagine? Yeah, no, could if I'm imagine? saying No, I, and if you were the only number that she could. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would have done any different or any better in her position. But imagine a world where she told me what happened and I didn't communicate that the way that I had. I mean, how would they have found out? Would it have been my fault? Probably not, but I would feel guilty. I would, you know, I still feel guilty about that. Hmm. You know. Yeah. But I, I try not to carry, um, you know, guilt along with me because that can, that can be like a ball and chain, can it? Oh, I guilt. Was about, I was just about to say, guilt yeah. and shame can can are one of those things that can lead you, mm-hmm. you know, to that landslide to rock bottom. 
you know, that's right back right. in. Yeah, exactly. One yeah. way and that's, trip. Yep. Sure. And that guilt, you may not even realize it's guilt at first. You may experience that guilt as anger and that anger becomes a sadness. And you're like, why? Why am I sad? Like, I'm mad. I'm sad. Oh, I know why. Because I'm guilty <laughs> because. Brene Brown really opened my eyes to that with the shame. Oh, dude. Shame. I is... was like, wow. Like, I'm, I have a lot of shame going on. Yeah. Well, she speaks. <laughs> but, and the way she, she's. Just the way she describes it and yeah. and talks about it, and it's it's pretty it's pretty intense the way she's kind of come to her whole thing because it's her whole thing is based around shame. Yeah, I mean that's what she studied for you know over ten years. Yeah, because yeah, she had to deal with a lot of it that she had it for right. herself. Right. I, I you know I don't I I'm I I feel a lot of shame. I feel a lot of shame for. For things that I don't even know if I need to be ashamed of, I, I you know what I mean? Because, but again, you don't know what you don't know sure. at the time, and think, you have to grow. And I think I think letting go of some of these things is a is a is a proactive way to to you know stay away from that landslide. You have to let go. I mean, what are you holding on to it for? You 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 may have made a mistake. You may have done something regrettable that. You, you look to in your past and be like, oh, that's that brings me shame and guilt. But why do you hold on to it? What is it doing for you today and how is it going to serve you in the future? Are you are you learning from it? And I think it, you have to address it for like you said, like you have to recognize it mm-hmm. and then address it and go, why? Mm-hmm. You know, what am I feeling? Is it shame or is it sadness or is it anger? Is it what is it? You know what I mean? Or it could be a whole sandwich of those. Well, sure. Because there's a lot of that but, wrapped up in it because you could be mad that you didn't do something. Right. But I think shame that you let something happen. I think by and then... dissecting it, <clears throat> you can you can identify it and then go, OK, and then even just step back and see it. Uh, see the situation from afar from a different perspective and go okay i see it now mm-hmm. I'm, I'm good with it you know and well that like when you start digging around you i mean the only way you're going to start like excavating is to acknowledge and that sure. and that acknowledgement or that that inquiry into what that thing is that you're digging at i mean you can't you know you don't know if it's an artifact until you dig it out of the ground it could just be a rock sure. or it could be you know, it could be a it could be a shameful moment that you had when you were seven or eight mm. that you don't recognize until then, and you're like, "Oh, that's what that is." Right. And then here's the the next step. Pro, here's the next problem that you're going to encounter. Yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. Is, well, because when you're on, you know, even maybe even before that landslide, you're already in this uh, negative loop, and your your views distorted. You're wearing the you know, you're wearing the shit colored lenses. And in the way you see things is is negative. So then you step into this pit and you're sliding down. You may not even realize it, but you also may be looking at everything in a in 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 an illogical way. Sure, the jungles of the mind can lead you. Like you're going through the jungles, all of a sudden you're in a thing of quicksand. There's nothing right. you can do about quicksand, it. Quicksand, yes. Nothing you can do about it. Yes. And then you got to hope you find some sort of branch. Right. I mean, that's when you could. I mean. But is 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 the branch saving someone, or or you know what I mean? Like it's there's so I think. many con like there's so many I think like I, ways that you could kind of. I think in a situation where if you're in quicksand, if you're headed in quicksand or in quicksand, I think you know you kind of have to uh, you know to an extent you have to kind of 
grab onto, do what you can do, do whatever you can do to get out. Like, you know what I mean? Whether it's taking help from somebody or. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if, if you don't want to take help, suck it up. Like, you know what I mean? Like you should. And this is why I think we always stress, like before this happens, like get your struggle buddy in place. Well, right. Before crisis you know? strikes, have a plan. Even if you because you don't want to be really had a crisis in your life and you're like, yeah, you know what? Not for, get a struggle, buddy. It's not you know what I mean? You probably have one. You just don't realize it. You know? Right. That's and true. you may have even had a crisis and not realize That's it because a lot of people don't take the time to uh, take the time to even question why they felt some something or why they were feeling a certain way at a specific time. And it mm. may have been for long periods of time. So right. for for you, I'm going to ask both of you, but will. But, like, speaking of that ball and chain, what are some of the things for you that you've either noticed or that you recognize that were um, that were the ball and chain for? My lack of acknowledgement for a very long time was my lack of acknowledgement of the pain that I was carrying and how much it had really affected me and that constant movement of going through I granted there were certain situations where I knew I was in the grieving process or or some you know at some level of it for for many different things but it was always that there was always that piece of me that was still suck it up and move on because that's the way it's always been and then and, and that works until it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't drive a car on a flat tire and very far before that tire, you know, falls off that rim and and whatnot. What about yourself, Jordan? What about um, my ball and chain? Yeah. yeah like, my what, burden? Yeah. One of the things that, you know, that, that has led up to a rock bottom or a, a close to the quicksand or landslide, what are... Well, I, I've noticed lately, you know, in, in my attempts to rescue others and then being refused in my attempts, I begin to feel worthless, right? Because my best efforts are not good enough for them. And it puts me in a place where, man, I'm, I'm looking at this quicksand and it's, it's at my feet, right? I'm not good enough to save the people I love the most and I'm giving it my most honest effort. And then I started to ask myself, why am I trying to save them? Why am I trying to rescue and subliminally, I believe that I want to be rescued, that I'm the one that needs to be rescued. Yeah. And I'm doing this because I hope that they would reciprocate. Right. I see what you're saying. That's that, that's it, really profound. I mean, it, that's you do it awesome... without realizing it. You do it without like you don't have that plan. You don't like one day wake up and be like, I'm gonna I'm gonna save them so they'll save me. <laughs> yeah. No, because that's not so how the human mind works. It's not in everybody, not in most people. But there I'm are not that smart. Who... <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I I like to think I have a plan, but I have no plan in order, uh, such as what I just discussed. No, I get right. what you're you know what I mean. That, right. That that yeah. No, that's. Think about it. You know, why do we save people? Because we want to be saved. It's like Superman's burden. Yeah, I, and I told, I mean? and, and I can relate to that. But here's, but here's the problem with that is yeah. when they don't reciprocate, mm-hmm. then that is going to have a negative effect on you. Think about right. the relationship dynamics after that. You're, you go around saving everyone and no one comes to save you when you need it. Think about the relationship dynamics after that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Well, you, Talk you about bitterness. To, well, that's what well, I was that's, say. The yeah. person who the person who is walking around holding resentment—that's that—that's something that they have to. You're looking at them. 
Yeah, you have to let yeah, go. You're looking at them. It, it's been tough. You know, like I said, lately it's been it's been tough because I, I witness what I perceive to be rock bottoms in the people that, in the life of people that I love, and and uh, it, you know, me trying to do something about it just it isn't adding up. So maybe I I need to re uh, rethink my approach. It's weird because I don't I don't see that in you. I don't get that. Like you don't come off with a chip on your shoulder, or like you don't seem. Re- like to hold resentment well because there's there's different jordans you know there's there's the jordan who will rescue and then the, there's the jordan who's in love with life and then there's the jordan who uh doesn't there's no nonsense you know we we had lunch the other day and you were being a bit of a character and i wasn't having it right yeah so that's like that's that that that, that jordan there's different jordans i'm very dynamic and i'm sure you guys could relate like you're not always the same will there's different wills there's, no, di- yeah, there's, there's different there's, temps yeah Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's just the way I feel about myself is I'll put on a mask for the situation, you know, to go back to that mask thing that you guys have used in the past. Like whatever situation you're in, you have a mask in your closet for that situation to get you through it to whatever you think you need to be in that moment. Um, and the Jordan that you might know might not be the Jordan that there is. Or maybe there's other Jordans. Okay. I yeah. think I think we're all I think we all have that, though. Do you think it's best to not have that mask, though? Do you no, think? no, because I, I still think that, that ma- those masks or roles we play or whatever, I still think that they serve a purpose. Now, granted, I, I know that we try not to live in survival mode. However, those, those roles can survive. Those roles play a part. Now, you have to acknowledge why you play those roles, mm-hmm. I think, for sure, because there's obvious roles that we all play. And you have to you have to at least have enough. You have to be able to s- separate yourself from yourself enough to have the insight to say, okay, this is this is something. And granted, in the moment, you're never like in the moment. Like that's the biggest thing. Like in that moment, in that pit, in that despair, you're not going to see what's there because in a dark room, you can't see what's in front of you. You're just feeling around. You're just hoping you find a door or a light switch or something. Right. Where, it's like a drowning victim. Like so you can throw a, a life raft to a, a, a buoy or whatever to a drowning victim, and they won't see it because they're panicking because they're not thinking rationally. Right. And when you're falling sure. down, and when, when you're, you're falling s- into that quicksand, you're not going to see the hand that's reaching out to rescue you. You're going to respond to that hand with you know violence and rage because you're losing it. Right. Yeah. Or and and you may not even. And the thing is, is that in that panic, you may not even be able to get to that rescue, right? Because you're just you just you're just taking on more and more. Yeah. So that le- that leaves us with that that previous question. You know, what what do you do? You know, for someone who who is uh, at, at their rock bottom. I mean, I guess that you know you can't answer that question. It's different with every person. But you know, anyways, putting that out there because it's it's. It, current topic in my life you know i've been at my rock bottom and now i'm witnessing others at theirs you know what do you do you don't stop trying Mm -hmm. i mean you you don't stop trying to at least offer some sort of make attempts to make attempts doesn't mean you have to it doesn't mean you do it at the you know the behest of your own emotional well-being necessarily and it's hard very hard to 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 separate yourself from that yeah especially especially with in a close relationship with somebody you don't want to see them hurt and then all that hurt brings up all this other 
stuff that you haven't that you're just unearthing, man, as you're mm. moving the as the ground is moving beneath you. Mm. But I still think that you still need to offer some sort of guidance necessary may I mean not maybe not even guidance. Some people just need you to just sit there with a minute right. and well, hold space and not even offer anything. Just Okay, yeah, maybe, I'm just going to hang out. Maybe there's a third role you can fill instead of rescue and support. Maybe there's something else that I'm missing. You know, well, maybe, I think either way, whatever... I, I This is just my opinion. Whatever, you know, you shouldn't be focused on what role should I play. You should look inside... <clears throat> sorry. Look inside you. Like, look inside your heart. Mm. And if it comes from your heart, go with that. Like, go with your gut. And it's like, I would say... If you have a, a good enough relationship where you can communicate, send them like a text and say, I'm here. I know you're struggling. Mm. I'm not saying that I know what kind of pain you're in. I'm not I'm not judging it, but I, I, I know that you're going through some some struggles right now. And when you're ready to talk, I'm here. That's great. You know, and yeah. then maybe like a day uh, even the next day. How are you doing today? Like, like almost like laterally, mm. like you know what I mean. Like, how are you doing? Like, not really focus on that, but just how you doing? Yeah. You know. And then maybe, hey, you know, if they respond, you have a little bit of a back and forth convo. Hey, what about this weekend? You want to grab some lunch? Yeah. See how you feel. All right, cool. Yeah, I, I think you know, looking back at some of my rock bottoms, there was people. There were people who were there, and I might not have seen them for what they were at the time. But maybe they kind of chaperoned me through that darkness, and whether by design of their own or just by you know, just by a coincidence, just by being there. Uh, somehow they they were able to see me through, you know. And it's in in retrospect that you can actually get a good handle on who that was, who was there. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, and yeah. even both. But like, what? Because you kind of you you laid the question out, like what what do you do? Mm-hmm. So what, I guess, what would, if you, if you were in, if you were in the rock bottom or if you were at rock bottom or heading towards rock bottom, what would you prefer? What would you like somebody to do for you? It's a lonely place, right? Like being at rock bottom, you feel like you're alone. So maybe just simply being there, having someone ride it out with you. I'm not asking for someone to like. You know, if I'm going down, go down with me. I don't think I'm saying that. But if if I'm alone in the darkness and I'm afraid, maybe just sit with me a while. Just be here so I don't feel like I don't feel like uh, the world's coming to an end. You know, it, how about you? I, I agree. I don't I don't want to be saved. Right. I want. But I also recognize this, that part of the thing that drew me to this was because I needed to be saved. Because that's what happens. We we're all we're all wounded, you know. We're all wounded saviors, man. That, yeah. Like it's like because and that's what gives me strength. Sure. But it's also accepting help when you when you need it, which which has been a very very difficult thing for me to that's do. I was gonna say. I mean, <laughs> it, it is. It's hard, man, because it's like because and truth truth be told is that so many people like and I said this during a recent appointment with um someone that i uh it's not that i don't like compliments i don't react well to compliments because they always seem to have 
a tag that comes with them. There's like this little bit of bait. It's almost like a an bait. ulterior motive. Yeah, and it, and I don't mean that in a in a. I, I don't mean Do you, it to be rude, but it just no, seems like it seems like that love always has a like that sort of acknowledgement comes with a price, price. tag. You feel and, that way because that's how you compliment people with a with a bait at the end of that hook. No, no, no. but I, it's it's the way that love. The way that love was, the way that I recognize love is very codependent in many ways because of the way it was shown to me as a kid. Mm. And it was almost like, I'll accept you for this, but I expect this in return, where it was never just being that just for that. And that has followed me like right through now at my 48 and point ten year you know what i mean that like it has and i've I've really been but you doing a lot of soul searching about that because i acknowledge it but it's it's hard to like i didn't know what boundary i never knew what boundaries were and i didn't realize that you know like i discussed some of the stuff that i saw when i was a kid and like people are like what and it's like dude it was just no it was normal it was not and I didn't feel like I was anything was wrong, and I didn't think that anything was being necessarily done, or there was any harm being done. Let me ask it's you this: with the 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 what what, what what did you use? Compliments? Is that what word you use? Yeah, yeah, like like people like telling me positive things. Yeah. Okay. So, do, well, that's my question: is does it happen to you with negative things? No, I can absorb like ne- because I because I've. Like so, we we've had this discussion. Self worth, right? Like has no, been know, a very, just... has been a has been a like, like that's buried deep in that. There's excavation still going on to <laughs> yeah, to un to unhook that. We got we got to rent some extra machines. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna need you're gonna need a damn need bigger a bigger digger, man. That's right. We're gonna need a bigger boat. We're gonna need a bigger uh, earth. I, I, I feel earth like excavator. just talking with with you guys right now. I feel like we're all. We all made like an extra connection tonight, like because I feel like we all have that. We're all in that same, uh, you know, self worth category. I guess you could say, because I I think no matter what it stems from, it it no matter what it what it what it transpires into, you know, it's it's still that same seed. Well, you know no matter I mean? right, and we've all been for we've all been we've all been sown into the same ground. It's just that we're not all the same seeds because yeah, every yeah. seed is different. Yeah, no, so, but I meant the seed of 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 self worth. Right. Like, oh no. Yeah, I get your it. Your worth. Your you still have worth because even if you don't help somebody, you still have worth. You're still worthy even though you don't help somebody. You're still worthy even though someone may not love you. You're right. Still worthy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still worthy even though I make mistakes. I'm still worthy. Right, we're all still worthy. Right, no matter what, we're all still worthy. So why does it matter so much to hear that from others? Why is our voice not good enough? I th- for well, for me, it's because I just didn't acknowledge my voice, mm-hmm. and I felt that my voice was never acknowledged. Isn't your voice well, the most important voice when you in your say, life? Well, when you say it to yourself, though, do you believe it? I'd like to think I do. I'd like to think that I do believe it. Uh, obviously, I think if you say it to yourself do and, you? and mean it from the, and you know it without 
any doubt, you know it. You can say it to yourself. It, if you say something once, it's it's not true. If you say something a thousand times, it becomes true. It, it needs to be repetition. Yeah. It needs to be, I can't just wake up one day and be like, I'm happy no, no, and I wave know, my arms and legs. Like, but you, you, it's to, it's it's in response to your question. Why do we? Why is it not? You know, it's you know you can. Right. Why is my voice not good you enough? Can, you can yeah. go for from, me. You can go from from Buddhist to monk mm-hmm. to to whatever kind of guru that, mm-hmm. and they're gonna tell all. It's gonna all go the same thing. Like there's no. You know, no worse demon than the one that's inside. They're all going to have that that's same... That's because that's the only demon there is. There, There's no outside demons. At least at least from what I'm finding, dude, that's, that's the whole idea that I'm starting to finally come to rationalize and, and, and actually see in real time that there's nothing outside. Like, Alan Watts was 110% correct because the biggest fucking joke that is played on everybody is that everything's outside. Everything you want is outside of you. Every, uh, like, all the spiritual nonsense is outside of you. But it's not. It's It's that war of the inside. It's that acknowledgement. It's that... It's that tug of war, man. There, there is no Satan and there is no God to me because it's, 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 it's all within. It's you. all within you, yeah. and that's where, and that's where the, and that to me is where the, the boat of the divine resides. But I'm just, I'm just starting to just understand that. Well, this is your, this is your soul's experience in this life. What you're experiencing in this life, your soul needs to experience for you to have the wisdom necessary in your next life. If you believe I, in that, right? If you, if you believe, believe in that, that, that I believe that, that, that sort of I and I kind of believe that we come out of this mm-hmm. because we had we accepted something mm-hmm. in some far. And I'm not saying this in some woo woo sort of way, but at least the way it's the way it's being experienced by me lately, mm-hmm. and it kind of goes back to that that half joke on Facebook recently about where when right, right, people right, right. ask you about. I wasn't offended, by the way. <laughs> I was About, just like, I was trying to have some fun, I guess, you know. Yeah, I just, the way people have been to me the last couple of weeks, I've just like I just don't feel like engaging cuz dude, it makes total sense not to engage. Why would you? Right, cuz it's not worth the energy. Yeah, who who so wins? Listen, so, Nobody. So listen, <laughs> as we were just discussing that, this quote came to my mind and luckily I found it cuz I saved it with my favorites because it's one of my favorites and and when you hear it you're going to go, "Yeah, it's an it's an African proverb." When there is no enemy within, the enemies outside cannot hurt you. Right. Yeah. And then the enemies hurt outside more when that enemy inside. Because it's all reflection and it's all it's it's all this, you know, it's all this exterior stuff that we worry about mm-hmm. that is not really what's bothering you. It's all the stuff that's internal. It's all the stuff just all that shit, man. I wrote this earlier. I just you know, you were mentioning a quote that you like. Yeah, yeah. This actually relates to this conversation. We only see the darkness in others that resemble the shadows in ourselves. Yeah. You know, think yeah. Of, who said that, do you know? I did. I wrote it oh. earlier. Carl yeah. Carl Jung said something very similar to yeah. that. Well, Carl yeah. Jung, there's a I just a, a video just popped up on my YouTube thing that I have to listen to. It's Alan Watts actually reading something from Carl from uh from Carl Rogers about the civil war within. I think it was Carl Rogers. It was either Carl Rogers or Carl Jung. It was probably Carl Jung because he was a he was a Jungian. Um, uh, I don't know what he was, but he was big. <laughs> he was big. Alan Watts loved Carl Jung. Yeah, he he quotes him quite often. But Alan Watts really does 
kind of point at that that's that game of hide and seek. What you're really hiding from is is that you really are all those things that you think are out here. Yeah, right, exactly. It's yeah. but it's not. It's and that's the that's that that's that uh, that fallacy that we need to escape. It's this but but we can't because we're human. Like you can attempt and you can drive yourself crazy trying to obtain that level, but you're just a man. Like don't don't be so hard on yourself. You really shouldn't be. Or just don't take life so seriously. Right. It's a game. It's a, right. Like, That's what he said. You know, right. my it's wife says every morning I wake up, she goes, we get to play again. Like, we're just kids. Just play. Just have fun. Well, that's what it that's comes down to. to. We get to play again, you know? Well, that's every and don't everything that we talk. No. Right. Everything we talk about seems to take that back where you you spend your entire youth trying to become <laughs> grown and old because you think that that's what it is. But then you spend the rest of your grown years trying to go back to being a kid again. Because And then a lot of that stems from, you know, from that from that stuff. But yeah. Jordan, thanks for coming, man. Yeah, it was a good time. Thank you for having me. I want to read. A, I want to read a quote to wrap this up, actually, or before we wrap it up. Um, I wanted. I actually came in here with the, with saying this quote first, as as like an introduction to the episode, but uh, whatever. So I'm going to read it now. Um, Rock bottom became the solid foundation on which I rebuilt my life. J.K. Rowling. Yeah, that's a good way to wrap it up, man. That's perfect. Yo, thank you very much for listening to another episode of Above Ground Podcast. Jordan, thank you for being here, man. Thank, thank you, guys. You, sir. And thanks thank for uh, thanks for doing our disclaimer. Yeah, anything I can do for you guys, I'm here for you. Uh, same here, buddy. Right back <laughs> at you. Don't forget to share, star, subscribe. You got it. Share, star, subscribe. Follow and us on social media. Follow us on social media. Email us at abovegroundpodcast.com. Podcast at Gmail. Gmail, yes, at gmail.com. You can go to abovegroundpodcast.net and find all the episodes. 2021, baby. Some of these episodes are going behind the gate. So we're behind gonna have some gate. We're gonna have some new stuff going on next year. Uh we've been working been working behind the scenes to work on some stuff. So after the holidays are all over, we'll be unveiling some new stuff by January. Look out for it. Thank you for joining us. Till next time, be well. Be safe. Be above. above.